can have hope in no matter what it is that we're facing because you love us and you're for us. Jesus, we want to thank you that you are our defender. That no matter what it is that we're facing, we know we never have to face it alone. That when the enemy comes against us, we don't have to be the ones who try and stand there on our own, but we can look to you knowing that you fight for us. Knowing that you're our defender. Knowing those times when we do fall, in those times when we make mistakes, in those times when we stumble and we struggle, that you are the one who defends us before the Father. You're our advocate who intercedes on our behalf. Jesus, you are everything to us. You are everything that we need and so much more. And Jesus, I pray that this morning you would come and you would meet with each and every person here in the way that they need it. That you would be what they need you to be today. You know every situation that people are facing. You know who needs comfort. You know who needs conviction. You know who needs to encounter your love in a fresh way. You know whose eyes need to be opened to the great purpose that you have for them so that they can come alive in a greater way. And you know what every single one of us needs. And I just pray that you would come and move amongst us by your spirit. And that you would help us to have open hearts ready to receive from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. It's great to be t- together, isn't it? And um, yeah, I put, put a silly uh, picture up on the screen to get us started this morning. Um, how many of you know the story of the ugly duckling? I imagine most of you know the story of the ugly duckling, don't you? For a reminder for those of you who do, for in case you, you don't know it, just to paint a little bit of the story. So the story of the ugly duckling is the story of this young bird um, that is born and amongst um, a number of ducks. Um, and the problem is, though, that instead of being one of these cute, kind of fluffy, yellow chicks... Uh, he doesn't quite look right, does he? Um, he's kind of grey, brown, and he's bigger, and he just doesn't fit in. And, and because he doesn't look right, because he doesn't fit in, he ends up being made fun of and teased and rejected. And it starts him on a journey. It starts him on a journey trying to search for where he belongs. It starts him on a journey trying to search for acceptance and and he tries all these different kind of places and these different animals and things. But in the end, every time he doesn't quite fit and so he ends up on his own hiding. Feeling miserable. And then one day this flock of swans comes and lands on the lake nearby and, and he looks out and he sees them and he marvels at how beautiful they are. And he's just fed up. He feels like his life is is meaningless. And so he decides it would be better for me to go and throw myself at those beautiful swans and be killed by those beautiful swans than it would for me to be living life on my own, miserable, ugly, rejected. And so he goes out. But what happens next shocks him. Because the swans don't push him away and they they don't reject him. They don't attack him. Instead, they welcome him as one of their own. 
And he can't understand what's going on until he, he looks down and sees his reflection in the water. And he realizes that he's no longer an ugly duckling, but now he's a beautiful swan. The way he sees himself is transformed. And he has a whole new sense of identity. He has a family where he belongs and he has a purpose to live for. One moment it was like the world was kind of grey and hopeless. And now everything's changed and he begins to see life in colour. And I think... You know, this is a popular story. It's been around for generations. I think one of the reasons why it's so popular, one of the reasons why it stood the test of time is because it's a story that so many of us can really relate to. So often in our own lives, we are confused and insecure about our identity and our sense of belonging or our purpose. And these are three questions that we all wrestle with, particularly in times of change when things are going on and we're trying to work out what to do. We ask ourselves, who am I? Where do I fit? What am I living for? These are questions that relate to our identity, to our sense of belonging, and to our purpose. And one of the reasons that I think that we struggle with these questions and we wrestle with these questions is because we try to find the answers to them in the wrong places. You know, at times we try and define ourselves by the way that other people have treated us. And it might be that like the ugly duckling, you've been treated in a way where you've been rejected and abused and that's begun to shape the way that you see yourself and to form your identity. Or something that happens a lot is that we fall into the comparison trap. And we look at other people and we assess ourselves based on what they look like and what they're doing and what they've achieved. You know, social media has made this an even bigger issue, hasn't it? As people post up all the pictures of them at their best. And we kind of look and we try and hold ourselves up to it. Or we look and we kind of look at the amount of likes that we've got on our post. And we feel pretty good at ourselves until we see our friends post and it's got ten more. Or maybe we get our sense of identity from our kind of status in society. From how much we earn or the car we drive or the the job we have. Maybe our identity or our belonging comes from kind of the music that we listen to and the crowd that that means that we're in. or, Or from the hobbies that we have or the sports that we play. And without us realizing it, these things lead to us being confused and insecure about our identity and our belonging and our purpose because they can never fully answer those questions and we're looking for those answers in all the wrong places. And so what we need is to find answers to these questions that are true and are accurate. And the only way we can find those kind of answers to these questions is when we go to our creator. Is when we look to God himself. Because ultimately as the one who made us, he's the only one who really understands who we are. And our identity is the only one who, who really understands how he's designed us to belong. And he's the only one who knows our ultimate life purpose.
And so what we're going to be doing over the next few months is we're going to take some time to look at um, a letter in the Bible that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And my hope and my prayer is that as we do this, that no matter where we are in terms of our faith, whether you're here and you're not really sure about who Jesus is and how that relates to you, or maybe you've been following Jesus for decades, that no matter where we are with our faith, that every single one of us will experience moments like when the ugly duckling meets the swans. That every single one of us will experience moments when aspects of our lives, aspects of how we see ourselves, aspects of how we understand where we fit and belong and what our purpose is, will be transformed from grey into colour. And we'll have a new sense of vibrancy and hope, a new sense of acceptance and joy in life. That it will be like somebody has taken the filter away from our eyes and we'll be able to see the spectacular glory of all God has for us. And to help us to to get hold of this and to understand what Paul's writing about to the Ephesians, I want to take just a a few minutes this morning to, to just try and And look at the Bible and how the Bible kind of relates to and talks about and addresses these questions of who am I? Where do I belong? What am I living for? And and the first thing that I think we discover as we think about our identity and our belonging and our purpose is this. So here's number one, if we move on a couple of slides. We've been wonderfully made. I've got my phone up here with me now. I have turned it off just to make sure we don't get distractions because there'd be nothing worse than that. And it starts ringing in my hand. It'd be very awkward. But uh, here's my phone. I imagine most of you have a, a smartphone or something like that. They're pretty kind of common and normal these days. But, you know, we take them for granted. But modern technology is amazing, isn't it? You know, what our phones can do now is incredible. You know, the fact that there's more kind of power in this than the kind of computer that took up an entire room in a building only a few years ago. You know, phones and computers, tablets, they're amazing. But you know, they are nothing compared to you. Nothing compared to how We are designed as human beings. We are wonderfully made. You know, you just have to look at the complexity of the human eye or the capacity of our brains and the way that all of the different kind of organs within our bodies work together. We are so much more sophisticated than even the greatest computer. And that's even before you throw in the fact that that we have the ability to think for ourselves and to make decisions, that we have... The ability to feel emotions, to know love, to experience peace and joy. We have been wonderfully made. Sometimes I think we need reminding of that. And we read about how God made us and start to get some insight into our identity in Genesis 1 verses 27 to 28 where it says this. It says, so God created mankind... In his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
Immediately, right at the beginning of the story, right at the beginning of the Bible, we begin to get answers to the questions of who am I? Where do I belong? What's my purpose? We see that who we are, our original identity, is that we are image bearers of God. That we are made in God's likeness. That each one of us has incredible value and worth. Not because of anything that we do or because we've achieved all these different things or because we we look like we've got the perfect body. But as a gift of God. Because of who he made you to be. And then we read how God made us male and female. God said it wasn't good for us to be alone. He designed us to live in community to to have family, to have a sense of belonging. And then he gives us a purpose. He says we're to be his co-workers. Co-workers with him, stewards of his creation. You know, we, we begin with this amazing sense of our identity, of our belonging and our purpose. So when that's the case, why do we wrestle with those questions so much? What's the problem? I think... Often like the ugly duckling, part of it is that we we don't know or we lose sight of who we really are. And we need to be have our eyes open to it and to, to see how God has made us. But you know, I think there's a, a deeper problem as well. As we read through the Bible, we discover not only that as human beings we are wonderfully made, but we also discover that we're actually all fatally flawed. You know, I mentioned my phone earlier and what an amazing piece of technology it is, but a a couple of years ago I had a a different phone than this one, um, one that has gone to to the grave, and um, I was was holding it in my hand and I stepped out of the back door and uh, I dropped the phone on the concrete and the screen shattered. And things like our phones, they can be damaged, can't they? You know, maybe you've had a screen that's cracked like mine, or maybe you've got water damage in it, and it's, uh, it's started to kind of malfunction because of that. You know, it's still recognizable as a phone. You'd be able to see and look at it and say, yeah, that's definitely a phone, but it no longer performs as it was designed to. And something similar but far worse has happened to us as human beings. We're still recognized as people. People who have been made in the image of God. People who have value and worth. But as we've turned away from God and chosen to live our own way, like we read about in Genesis 3, something happens that causes us to be broken. To be cracked. To be damaged on the inside and to start to malfunction. And we stop living with a clear sense of identity and belonging and purpose. And you only have to be honest with yourself to, and your own experience to see that this is the case. These are things that all of us wrestle with. You know, think for a moment about your sense of identity. I wonder, have you ever had times when you felt oppressed or dominated by fear? Or crippled with guilt and shame? Do you ever feel unhappy about the way that you look? Or wish you could be a little bit more like somebody else? Are you driven 
Do you strive to kind of make something of yourself or prove something of who you are to others? You know, these are all symptoms of the fact that there is a, an identity problem within us. And that it's not the way that God designed for us to be. What about our sense of belonging? But every single one of us here has had times where we've been in a crowd and yet we've felt like we've been on the outside. You don't quite fit or belong. You've got lots of friends on social media, but you don't really feel like anyone actually knows the real you. Maybe you do lots of silly things and you like to try and make yourself the kind of clown in the group and you've, you've learned that if you can make people laugh then you get this sense of being accepted and belonging. But really it's not you, you're just kind of making yourself do it because it's how you've learned to, to be accepted and to belong but really you don't ever feel like you're quite fit. And all of these are symptoms of the fact that Something has gone wrong with our sense of belonging. Something has gone wrong with our sense of security and acceptance. And it is not the way that God designed it to be. What about purpose? I know this was a huge issue for me before I became a Christian. You know, I tried to find my purpose in music. It was something that I was good at. It was something that, uh, that made, meant people kind of praised me and told me how great I was and I had that sense of acceptance through. People looked up to me. I began to kind of find my identity in being a musician. But music was never really able to answer the question of purpose for me. Despite giving me a sense of identity, despite make, helping me to feel in some way or other accepted, at the end of the day it felt empty. I looked successful on the outside, but on the inside I kept asking myself, what's the point? You know, we all wrestle with questions of identity, belonging, and purpose. And the reason that we wrestle with them is because of who God originally designed us to be has become broken. And we've turned away from him and we've chosen to go our own way. The, the Bible talks about how when we do that, we become clothed in sin. We become separated from God and blinded from really being able to even see the answers to the questions that we're looking for. It, it's like... We're placed inside this bag. And we're clothed in sin. There's dysfunction in our lives. We're not able to fully understand our identity or belonging or our purpose. We're in desperate need of of rescue and restoration. And the amazing news is that that is exactly why Jesus came. And let's say that Jesus then is, is represented by, by this bag here. And, and he comes. And he spends the first part of his life as a human being just like us, modeling to us what life is really meant to be like. Modeling to us how we can live in relationship with God, how we can have our sense of, uh, of kind of acceptance, how we can have our sense of identity and, and, and we can be confident in our purpose. 
If you want to know what life is meant to look like, look at Jesus. But not only does Jesus model to us life in colour, but he comes to sort out our condition. And so he sacrifices himself on the cross. He pays the price for our turning our back on God. He deals with our guilt and our shame. And then he rose from the dead and he went back to heaven with his Father and he sent the Holy Spirit to come and be with us so that our lives could be transformed. In order that you and I could experience life in color. Vibrant. As God designed it for us. And so the third thing that we see as we look through the kind of what the Bible talks to us about in terms of identity and belonging and purpose is that we can be made new. And God simply says, if you want to experience life as I intended it for you, if you want to be forgiven and made whole and have hope, if you want to be secure in your identity and your belonging and your purpose, then all you need to do is to receive what Jesus has done for you. And when we do that, what happens is he he takes us out of our old condition of being clothed in sin. And he places us into Christ. And when that happens, our cracked screen becomes new. We're made brand new. The inner water damage to our battery and our hard drive is, is dealt with. And he says... From now on, your identity is found in Christ. Your belonging is found in Christ. Your sense of purpose is found in Christ. And in that moment, everything changes. And I know that because I've experienced it. You know, even when my identity was shaped around music, I still called myself a Christian at that time. But I was like the ugly duckling. And so often I think even in those times when we're following Jesus, we're like the ugly duckling. We're clueless. I was clueless about my real identity. And so I was searching for identity and belonging and purpose in all these other places. And then over a period of a few months when I was 18, God began to transform my thinking. And it was like my life was suddenly in color. My life changed from being something that, that, that I just kind of did, something that I was just getting through and revolved around me and kind of just felt empty to suddenly being an adventure of following Jesus, discovering more of who he is And having the joy of being able to share him with others. And that doesn't mean that I'm the the finished article. God is still at work transforming me. There are still areas where I'm insecure in my identity and my belonging and my purpose. And God is wanting to speak truth into those areas so that I'm set free. As he helps me to answer those questions in a deeper way in him. And it's the answers really to these three questions that Paul unpacks throughout the whole of the letter to the Ephesians. That's what it's all about. In chapters 1 to 3, he helps us to grasp something more of our identity. He opens our eyes to see God more clearly, to see ourselves more clearly. 
And then in chapters 4 to 6, he paints this picture then of what it looks like to live life. When you live that truth out. And how it changes everything for us in our relationships and our sense of belonging. How we discover a sense of purpose. And we begin to live for something which is so much bigger than ourselves. But all of it is rooted in understanding that when we give our lives to Jesus, we are no longer clothed in sin, but we are now in Christ. Such a tiny two words, but they change everything. In Ephesians 1 verse 11, I love the way the message writes this. It makes it so clear. It says that says, so Paul writes to us, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And when Paul begins this letter to the Ephesians, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people or to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And and so often I think we just skim over these introductory verses when we're reading a letter. We just kind of get past them and think, well, that's Paul just saying hello. That's just the niceties. But you know, there is so much in these verses that that reveals to us how Paul sees himself and how he sees the Christians in Ephesus. How he understands our identity and our belonging and our purpose as people who follow Jesus. And it all is summed up in that little saying of saying we are in Christ. Because you see, what happens when we accept Jesus as our saviour is something far greater than just being forgiven. He trades places with us. He chooses to be clothed in sin. He takes on all of our shame and all of our guilt. All of the consequences of our brokenness. He becomes the phone with a cracked screen. And in return, we get to be in Christ. To be clothed in Jesus. We receive all of the forgiveness. We receive all of the mercy and the love and the grace that Jesus has as the sinless Son of God. Because we are in Christ, our identity and our belonging and our purpose is transformed. Maybe maybe this will help just kind of it to hit home in in a deeper way. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you believe that God the Father loves his son Jesus? Yeah. Do you believe that he's kind towards him? And that when he looks on him, he looks on him with affection. That his ear is especially attuned to listen to him. Absolutely, right? And the amazing news is that because we are in Christ, when we receive Jesus and we are in Christ, that we are loved as Jesus is loved. That we are blessed as Jesus is blessed. That we are accepted as Jesus is accepted. There is nothing you have to do or to change about yourself for God to see you in that kind of a way. Once you are in Christ, you are free from shame and condemnation. 
Because you get to enjoy all of the benefits and the blessings that Jesus has. I find this mind-blowing. That when God looks at you, and when he looks at me, the love that he has for us is the same love that he has for Jesus. Your identity isn't wrapped up in who you are, in what you do, in what you have, and what others think about you. Because as Paul writes, once you are in Christ, you are God's holy people. You are saints, you are blameless. You stand before God and he sees you as perfect as Jesus is. Just mind-blowing, isn't it? We know our inner selves. We know how we don't match up. And yet God says, that is your identity. It's who you are. It doesn't mean that we stop struggling with sin. It doesn't mean that we stop making mistakes. But that's not who we are anymore. We have a new identity that changes the way we see ourselves. And it transforms the way that we live. When you are in Christ, you know where you belong. You know where you fit because you've been chosen and adopted into the greatest family on earth. You are part of the family of God. That's why Paul describes God in those opening verses as our Father. When you are in Christ, God is your Father and Jesus is your bigger brother. And you've got millions of other brothers and sisters all across this planet. Some of them are who are in the room with you right now. You're a child of God and you're accepted by the king of the universe. He chose you. He, he looked out. And he said, David, I want you in my family. He looked out and, and he said, John, I want you in my family. He looked out and he said, he said, Pam, I want you in my family. I choose you. You are accepted and you belong. And when you are in Christ, you discover that life has meaning in a whole new way. That God not only made you, he not only chose you and saved you, but he has a unique purpose for your life. You'll all have heard of Albert Einstein, the the famous scientist. But there's a a story told about him at the time when he was taking the train on his way to speak at a a meeting or a conference. And the conductor came along, as they did back then, um, to to punch the hole in his ticket. Um, And he asked him for his ticket, and, um, and Einstein started frantically looking and searching his pockets and his briefcase, but he couldn't find it anywhere. And the conductor then said to him, look, don't worry about it. I know who you are. You're Dr. Einstein. I'm sure you didn't forget to buy a ticket. And he moved away. But he looked back, and as he looked back, he saw Einstein was still there scrabbling on the floor, looking for his ticket. And so he went to go and reassure him. He said, look, it's it's okay, sir. You don't have to worry about it. But Einstein looked up at him, and he said, young man, I know who I am too. What I don't know is where I am going. 
God wants you to not only know who you are and that you are accepted and belong. He wants you to know where you are going, what you are living for. And Paul answers this question by saying, as a follower of Jesus, as someone who is in Christ, I am living for God's plan for my life. And he describes what this looks like for him, and it's not what it looks like for all of us, but this is what it looks like for him, right at the beginning of the letter, where he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. When he became a Christian, Paul found a new sense of purpose in his life. And it's been the same for me. You know, I shared earlier that I, I looked for that answer in music, but it ended up being empty to me. And that when I became a Christian, when I gave my life to Jesus, it changed everything. God gave me purpose that I was excited about as I got to live for him. You know, God wants every single one of you to know that we are made on purpose and we are made for purpose. And we discover what that purpose is in Christ. You won't find it anywhere else. It's not about looking within yourself or looking at what other people might say. So I'm really excited about this new series, Life in Colour. I believe that this is a season in which God is wanting to, to open our eyes to see something more of who he is and to realize something more of who we are. For us to become secure in our identity and our belonging and our purpose in a way that then sets us free. That transforms us to live for Jesus with a new sense of vibrancy and excitement and joy and adventure. Because we've got a great purpose in Christ. And so I really want to encourage you to engage with what God has for us as a church in this season. To to read through the letter to the Ephesians uh, again and again. Just absorb yourself in it. And open your heart as you're doing it to say yes to Jesus. Look out for those phrases as you're going through it. Look out, ask yourself those questions. How is this speaking into who I am, my identity? How is this speaking into where I belong and I fit? How is this speaking into the purpose that God has for me? What it is that he wants to do in you and through you. I believe as we approach God with that open heart that he is wanting to give each and every one of us in this season those moments like when the ugly duckling meets the swans and it changes everything. To finish though this morning, I want to make space for us just to celebrate Jesus. We've talked about what it means for us to be in Christ and all of that is only possible because of the great exchange. All of that is only possible because Jesus willingly took your place and my place Willingly chose to allow himself to be clothed in our sin and our mistakes and our brokenness. To sacrifice himself on the cross. To pay the price that we deserved. All so that we can be in Christ. All so that we can know forgiveness and acceptance. All so that we can be made new and be secure in who we are. Where we belong. And what we're living for. 
And so we're going to come and we're going to share communion together as just a, a chance for us to be able to celebrate Jesus, to remember what he's done and to take joy in what it is that he's done for us. But if you're here today and you're not sure you're right with God, maybe you've never made that decision to, to receive Jesus, to accept his sacrifice for you, to allow him and make him king of your life so that you can move from that place of being clothed in sin to being clothed in Christ. Or maybe it's something you've done before, but you're just aware that, that you've not been living for Jesus. You're just aware that actually you've been looking in all of the wrong places to try and answer those questions. And if that's you, then I want to encourage you to seize this morning as an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So that you can instantly be made new in him. You can have new hope and meaning and purpose in this life and for eternity. And you don't have to be perfect to make that decision. You don't have to sort all your problems out beforehand. God accepts us even in the midst of our messiness. His offer to be in Christ, to be made new, is a free gift that we simply have to make that choice to say, I'll receive it. I'll unwrap it, I'll open it, I'll accept it. And if that's a decision that you want to make today, then before we come to share communion, I just want to give a little bit of a chance for us to respond. So what I'm going to ask you to do, and this is if if you've never given your life to Jesus before, or it's a, a coming back to Jesus, say, I know that I've been looking in the wrong places, and today I'm choosing to come back and, and look to Jesus. I know that in Christ, that's where I have everything that I need. And so what I'm going to do is just ask everybody just to close your eyes for a moment. So there's no extra pressure. I don't want people to feel pressure and I don't want people to, to, to feel worried about how things are going to look or what people will think of them. This is about you responding to Jesus. And with everyone's eyes closed, if you want to just say yes to Jesus in that kind of a way, I just want to encourage you and ask you just to put your hand up for a moment and then I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. And put your hands down. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your love for each and every person here. I want to thank you for those who put their hands up and responded. And Jesus, I pray that right now that they would experience that transforming work of your grace and your mercy in their lives as you take them from that one place where they feel trapped, where they know that they've not been living for you and where they find everything they need in you, where they find forgiveness, where they're washed clean, where they find a new sense of of belonging and they know that they're accepted and they're enough and where you would reveal to them a new sense of purpose and what it is that you have for them to be living for, that life has meaning in an amazing new way. And Jesus, I pray that for every single one of us here this morning, that no matter where we're at, that we would know that you love us, that for those of us who've responded to you or who are in Christ, that we would know that mind-blowing, amazing truth that, The love that you have for us is the same love 
that you have for Jesus. That you look at each one of us as perfect and blameless, without fault. Jesus, I pray that you would just speak that truth into our hearts in a deeper way. That we would know that we don't need to strive. Because you have done all the work for us. And Jesus, I pray that this season would be a significant time for us as a church and for each one of us as individuals. As we fix our eyes on you, as we open our hearts to what you're wanting to speak into our lives, that there will be significant moments and times that we can look back on and we say this is a time when everything changed when truth went from my head to my heart in a new way where I was set free and I discovered what it is to live in Christ and the purpose that he has for me so Holy Spirit come and move amongst us this morning speak your truth into our hearts in a deeper way I pray in this time as we fix our eyes on Jesus and as we celebrate him that that would be what you're about and that we would know the joy of being in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.